Hello and and welcome back to the HO Racing Today podcast with me, Chase Ellis, and my co-host Adam Money Petty. Adam is off this week. Uh, you're home for all th- news and things HO Racing. Uh, today we'd like to welcome two very special guests. Uh, 1972 Twin K Nats third place finisher Herb Hunson Sr. and a special guest co-host and Mark Rosenwinkel. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Yes. This is Herb Hanson. Thank you, Chase. Glad to be here again. Yeah. And we also, before we start this off, uh, I wanted to start on a somber note as unfortunately we had a, one of the greatest guys in the hobby pass away uh, within the past few weeks, Tom Shepard, uh, great tire maker, uh, Hopper Nats winner, uh, passed away of a heart attack at only about 50 years, 52 years old. And uh, I'm going to be putting a link down in the description to donate to his family. Um, uh, as much support as they're going to get right now, uh, his wife of 25 years, Melissa, and his son, who's college age. Uh, uh, I'm going to put that link down below for you guys to donate. Very awful note. But, uh, all right, Mark. Uh, I guess uh, go through your thing here. Sure. Well, well, thank you, Chase, and uh, welcome again to you, Herb. Uh, really thrilled to have our guest uh, this week, Herb Henson Sr., uh, on the podcast. And just a few words of introduction to Herb. Uh, first and foremost, I've known Herb. I put him in the category of a lifelong friend at this point. And this is uh, when you look up family man in the dictionary, you'll, you'll find Herb Henson Sr. picture. He's a, he's a wonderful father, grandfather, and great-grandfather. And as a point of fact, today as we do this podcast, uh, I've been a guest in Herb's homes many times in my racing career. But just a few months ago, his wonderful wife, Becky, and I uh, hosted us in his home, and he was telling us stories, and we'll get into that. But uh, the fact is, today is Herb and Becky's 57th wedding anniversary, so that's a stratosphere few get to, and uh, just a note of that, and congratulations again to Herb on so many years. Um, I will tell you, knowing Herb as long as I have, uh, he's had a, one of the few people I know that, that has really successfully balanced uh, home life and racing, and he's, he's just done both in an outstanding manner. Uh, uh, Herb has uh, been a hardworking guy as long as I've known him. He's got quite a history in his hometown of Flora, Illinois. But I will tell you, Herb was a monster on the track in his heyday. And uh, it's beyond more than just being an elite racer, which he was. Uh, he traveled the Midwest uh, in all the key states in, in the golden era, HO racing, as I'll call it. Uh, he comes from southern Illinois, as I say, Flora, Illinois. But as a point of fact, uh, he traveled to Indiana, to Kansas City, to Michigan, and all points in between. And when Herb traveled, it wasn't just him. He had a very strong club, which he was the epicenter of. Uh, Herb had success in the pre-magnet era, pan cars. Uh, in this day and age, we look back on it through these rose-colored glasses as the Brass Wars era. Herb was successful on the track in that time. And also transitioning into the magnet era with magnet cars, and there's stories left and right on that, which we'll get into. Uh, predating the 1975 
beginning of the annual Hopper Nationals, there were two manufacturer nationals, and Chase has covered the Parma Nationals in 1972 with Steve Medanik, who finished in the main at that race. But there was another manufacturer's nationals that year in 1972, and that was the Twin K Nationals in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, and Herb, as Chase mentioned, finished on the podium at that race in third place. Uh, and just continuing on, Herb also at the Hopper Nationals uh, finished on the podium in back-to-back nationals in that one class era where it was just one race. He was fifth in 1976 in Lake Bluff, Illinois, and the following year in Flora, Illinois, he finished in third. Uh, he is one of only seven racers to have back-to-back top five finishes at the Hopper Nationals in the one car class era. And when you go through those names from 1975 to 1984, where there was just one race, you're talking about Kim Bartholomew, Joel Pennington, Scott Terry, Tom Hitchcock, Bruce Schmidt, and a very uh, elite circle of racers that were the best of the best. And Herb is a member of that club. Uh, So beyond the racing effort, he was a promoter. He did it the right way. as, as the ad hoc national director in 1977, uh, I was delighted to award the 1977, which was only the third Hopper Nationals, to Herb, and he hosted a race for the ages in his hometown of Flora, Illinois. Uh, it was on Main Street uh, in a, a significant former bank uh, building space, and there was press coverage in an era that uh, that was uh, uh, much tighter media than today's world with social media and the Internet. He put on a phenomenal race. So just by means of introduction, I'll welcome you again, Herb. And, Chase, I'll turn it over to you to get some of uh, Herb's wonderful stories documented. All right. All right. Thank you for the intro, Mark. Uh, I want to get started, Herb. Uh, how did you first get into the hobby of slot car racing? Well, I got out of the Uncle Sam's Navy in 1964 in July, and uh, I had been a couple hobby shops around Jacksonville, Florida, around the naval base there. And when I got out, I got home and got settled in. And and after Becky and I got a our own rental home, uh, we had a big basement in that and. I started piddling with these uh, slot cars at that time. Uh, first was 132nd, uh, and then I got into 24 scale for just a few years. And uh, then all of a sudden, I started noticing the HO scene, and it uh, allowed me to do so much in a smaller area. Mm-hmm. And uh, before long, I had accumulated a large a large group of guys. Uh, we rented a building here where I live now. It's no longer there. It was an old grocery store mm-hmm. across the street. And we started our club there. So that was in probably 67, 68, uh, maybe even probably more 67. And we went from there. So, mm. uh, what, sort of events did you travel around to uh, across the Midwest? I know you've been to Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, all across the Midwest, which is pretty much, I call the Hopra, uh, the, basically the hot area for Hopra. Um, uh, what, what type of races did you uh, travel to with your club? 
Well, we basically traveled to what races we seen advertised or uh, uh, we knew about. You know, you could get you could get articles like from Howard Kilgore and and those fellows that wrote in the magazines. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, once we got dealing with uh, Randy Camp and fellows around that that eventually got into the hopper scene, uh, they would we would call back and forth all the time and and say, hey, there's a race so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a 1963 Ford Econoline van, mm-hmm. and uh, we kept outfitting it through the years, and we'd take probably five, six guys at a time to race. We'd go to Louisville, uh, Indianapolis, Elwood, Indiana, uh, St. <laughs> Louis, St. Charles, St. Anne, outside Kansas City, uh, we would just quit work on Friday evening and load up and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, very little sleep. <laughs> and uh, a lot of the racing was in the wintertime, of course, and mm-hmm. the old van was cold. So mm-hmm. we went to the, or I went to the junkyard and got an old heater out of a car and mounted that heater in the back of the van <laughs> and ran uh, jumper lines to it. And we kept the boys warm in the back as well as the front. So <laughs> that all worked out for us. But <laughs> we raced we raced anywhere we could get to. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of smaller areas we raced. Uh, the early years, I'm not, I just can't remember a lot about. Uh, I remember going and I remember the names of them and so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. particulars that I just, I just can't remember. But. Mm-hmm. We were busy. My goodness, we went all the time. <laughs> Anytime you can go. Um, I know the Michigan-Illinois uh, hopper races were pretty uh, legendary in terms of the rivalry of uh, both uh, Illinois and Indiana, or uh, excuse me, Illinois and Michigan racers have. Uh, what were those races like, uh, racing against the Michigan guys? Very competitive. Mm-hmm. Very competitive. A uh, couple in Elwood was tough. And a couple other spots over there. But uh, at that time, Randy Kemp was in his prime. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, Randy was confined to a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And uh, all he could move is his from waist up with his arms. But the Mm -hmm. man was phenomenal driving. Half the time, he couldn't even see the track. We'd have to set him up on block on his wheelchair. But uh, there was just a lot of really good racers then. And as the years progressed and I look back at the time, I'm thinking, my gosh, those guys were so good as they got later, as they come along later, you know, uh, it was phenomenal. And I'm thinking, I raced against those guys, I mean, you know, <laughs> um, and they, they and guys like uh, Gardner, you know, he stayed in this his whole life. After yep. he got old enough to run, the man never stopped racing. Joel Pennington never stopped racing, you know, and that's something to say, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you raced against those type of people. And mm-hmm. you know, there, there were just a lot of those really good, good racers. Mm-hmm. Doug Morris was one and, you know, yeah. a heck of a builder. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I really remember the, the races, but you know, the smaller ones more than I did the bigger ones, because I just, some reason or another, I've, Slough them aside. Well, there was, um, 
you know, in the days, the early 70s, before the Hopper Nationals, you could make a good argument that the biggest race of the year on the calendar was the Indiana versus Michigan race. Right. And you mentioned Elwood, Indiana, and that, of course, was Kim Shaw. He was a pioneer of Hopper in the early days. And I know Michigan, Alan Miltick was a, a founder of Hopper. Steve Brown, uh, Carl Dreher, but that annual Indiana versus Michigan event, and I know you attended many of those, Herb. That was a the big event on the a- annual calendar. Yeah, basically a lot of us look back like, you know, those were as good as the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that later came along because you had you had that kind of talent there. Mm-hmm. It yeah. might have been Indiana, Michigan, but guys were coming from other places. Mm-hmm. to race you know for, in this and uh it, it it was quite a race it really was and they were all well organized the mm-hmm. indiana michigan bunch got along well together mm-hmm. it was pretty much the golden year the golden years of uh just uh, that type of, of ho racing and just the, how much uh, i can see why people traveled uh from out of state even though they weren't from indiana or michigan uh, just because of the competition, that like that was the place to go if you wanted to prove yourself, and uh, and that's uh, NHO racing back in the day. But uh, you know what I, I what I what I learned and found out more than anything else: if you're not there, you can't run, you can't yep. win, you can't mm-hmm. compete if you're not there. You mm-hmm. can talk all you want, and I found out if you compete. And do give it your best shot, and you're going to get your chances. And that's how I kind of played my game. I, I drove to stay in the slot. Mm-hmm. I didn't drive for speed. Mm-hmm. I never built for speed. I built to handle. Mm-hmm. And I figured in the long run, so many of them guys weren't going to finish. And, and it worked out of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And other than that, if I could handle my car, I felt like if I could run the bad lanes as well as the good lanes, I would be tough. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way I played my game. And my mm-hmm. young son, who for his age was phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely all I could do to beat him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was raised to race like that. Mm-hmm. And you put us both on the same track at the same time. <laughs> you got a situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And leading into, uh, uh, you raced in the 1972 Twin K Nationals, Indiana, and you finished on the podium in third. Uh, what was the atmosphere like uh, there? Well, I can remember some of it. Uh, there was a large crowd, and it was a large area. I remember walk- walking ways to get into it. But as far as the particulars of the race, I I just don't. Just don't uh, fathom. I just can't come up with it. Mm-hmm. And I've asked some of the other guys around here, and I just can't uh, mm-hmm. get any more information. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, that's okay. But, uh, uh, it was one. Uh, it was a an, a big attraction at the time. Mm-hmm. That was a really huge deal because uh, back in the day there was a ton of corporate support, uh, especially again with the uh, Parma Nationals that I covered on here. That was kind of the uh, mecca at the time was these corporate one-off events uh, before the Hopper Nats came around. Well, the national, because Hopper, again, I'm going to cite some confusion that uh, earlier, but Hopper was founded as an association in 1969, but their first national championships didn't start until 1975. So these were kind of the precursor 
uh, to the Hopper Nationals that we have today. But except there's almost a, uh, I wish there was corp- more corporate support. But there's almost no corporate support uh, from back in the day. But um, you don't remember, because uh, I was going to ask how your car, if you could remember how your car handled and felt that day. But I think you kind of answered that. A little yeah, bit you know, I'm sorry. I just, a lot of them I do remember, but that one, I just don't. And, uh, mm-hmm. You get, uh, up, you get up to my age and you try to remember what day it is, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I understand that. I'm trying, I'm trying to enjoy youth as much as I can right now. You do but, that. Uh, you do. That. <laughs> well, trying. maybe uh, just a, a word on the '72 Twin K Nationals. Uh, uh, yes, Herb finished in third in that main, uh, and I know we're gonna. Maybe it's a segue, but Randy Kemp was the winner that day. He right. won the Twin K Nationals, and uh, I took him. I took him that day. Yeah, you guys drove together. And, uh, of course, the legendary owner of Twin K, God bless him, he's gone now, was uh, Maurice Wynn. And Maurice hosted that race uh, and just, I wasn't there, but to another level. There was factory tours of the Twin K operation. Uh, Maurice set out a spectacular lunch for all the entrants. It was quite, as Herb said, quite an event on that day. Yeah, he was quite uh, the man for the hobby. What I've heard, I've heard about him from multiple uh, people across the hobby, and how 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 a nice, how such of a nice guy he was. And that he place, that place hobby. was that place was spotless. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. I couldn't re- believe a factory like atmosphere or a large room areas were that clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was really a an essential to the hobby then uh twin k actually was a pretty huge tire maker uh, back in the day if you wanted silicone tires uh, you'd go to aj's slash twin k which aj's was their separate uh subsidiary if i can't remember right but they were the place to go or the tires to have pretty much like they they made really good products and it's a it's kind of a shame on how they uh faded into obscurity uh, coming into the 1990s but uh yeah, uh, uh, Twin K was a huge company uh, back in the day, along with Parma, which Parma is still somewhat around, but Twin K is since long gone. But uh, And I was going to get into uh, your relationship. You had a very close relationship with Randy Kemp of K&K, legendary guy in the hobby. Uh, what was your friendship uh, like with him? Well, as soon as I started figuring out where he was from, uh, he wasn't that far from my sister who lived in Indiana. And he lived in Huntingburg. And, of course, I'm on the Illinois side, kind of down in that same part of the world, but he was east of me quite a bit. But I could make it over there in an hour or a little more maybe. So one day I drove over there and uh, uh, met him. And he was in his bedroom. That's where he ran his business. Mm. He had his wheelchair. And his bedroom was just like a little hobby shop. Mm-hmm. All the walls had all of his mater- materials for sale on them, and he had his workbenches where he could wheel his wheelchair under them. It was well set up, mm-hmm. and uh, we made friends at that time. And then as time went along, we become closer and closer. We talk on the phone and talk about racing and, and races, and it got to the point where anything in our area that way, we would pick Randy up. Mm-hmm. and take him 
uh, in the early days, he had a friend from Louisville, Indiana, or Louisville, Kentucky, yep. named George George Sherlock, who used to take Randy to the races in his big uh, car. But it got to the point where Fritz Zimmerman, who was from here, and myself would would get Randy and take him to a lot of the races, and we become a lot closer then. And as time progressed, even before the, the nationals was even held here, Randy would uh, pack up and we would go get him on Friday, bring him to Flora, and he would stay out in the train in the race room and sleep in his wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And uh, we Becky would fix him breakfast and dinner and and uh, supper, and he would work out here. He'd race on the track and test his stuff. And wind armatures, he was a, a magical winder for a guy with that disability. He yeah. was just phenomenal what he could do. And he taught me a lot about winding. But through the years, uh, Randy Randy spent a lot of time here, a lot of weekends here. And then we'd take him home after the weekend on Sunday. And we'd have to stop at uh, Dairy Queen and get him some cheeseburgers. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was his favorite deal. But, uh, it was funny here when uh, Mark and was over here not long ago, Terry Rhino was here with his wife. And when Terry first walked in this room, this is the same room that we used to race Hopper in. Mm. I have train model trains in there now. But wow. anyway, Terry walked in and walked up to one of the benches and he said, I slept under the hair. <laughs> he would come over some weekends when Randy was here or he'd come ahead of time for a race and he would sleep out here in the train room mm-hmm. and or the what is train room now but, yeah. uh, Randy spent a lot of time out here and he enjoyed it because nobody bothered him you know and, and we took care of him we'd mm-hmm. we'd clean him up in the mornings and but the, the guy was so knowledgeable you know it really helped all of our club and our guys got to where our guys looked forward to him coming. And in a race, the man was really competitive. Mm-hmm. Really, really competitive. Mm-hmm. And I really wish uh, he was still around today because he would have been quite the guy uh, to have on here. And uh, I know uh, I knew a little bit about him when I started in the hobby, but the main thing I knew him for was his armatures. And I've, wow, like I've seen a few pictures of them. And man, they are beautiful wines. And just a, I see him go on uh, the auction website sometimes, but uh, just he was an awesome guy with the, in regards to if you wanted a really good armature, oh man, like that he was the guy to go to, pretty much back in the day. He he was uh, so just, uh, he was so good at it. If you had a particular car that just you just couldn't get out of it what you thought you needed out of it. Got a hold of him on the phone and say, hey, man, I, I got this car and I'm running 36s and 37s mm-hmm. or 3840 and I can't get this dude to go. Something yeah. ain't right. And I think it's the motor. And he'd say, well, give me a, give me a few days. The next thing is something be in the mail. And you'd yep. throw that motor in that car and take off. <laughs> uh, you know, that, when somebody's that good, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. that's how good he was. That's how good he was. But he didn't do that for everybody. Yeah. I'll uh, just a few words on Randy. Uh, also, from my perspective, uh, 
In those first five years of Indiana Hopper, I'm going to read off who the driving champions were year by year, and it's like a HO Hall of Fame. 1969, Carl Dreher. 1970, Carl Dreher. 1971, Ron Esterline. And then 1972, here's Randy Kemp. And I will tell you a point of fact. Randy won seven out of ten races uh, in that year, in that series. And uh, wow. that's as close to dominating as you can get. Uh, mm-hmm. So that might have been his uh, best year because he won the Twin K Nationals and many more other hopper races, but seven out of ten from a wheelchair, uh, you won't see that. And then I'll just go to 73, uh, because that state champion was the first time someone not from Indiana won the title, and Herb touched on him a minute ago. It was George Sherlock out of Louisville, Kentucky. And Mm. I've been at George's home. I was at Randy's home like Herb was. Top, top racers. So this is uh, firsthand experience from Herb, who was there racing with these gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Really competitive era in terms of that. Um, uh, what was it, uh, especially I'm going to go into uh, once the Hopper Nationals, they started in 1975. Um, and like uh, uh, Mark said earlier, there was there was a time in Hopper where only one class would be raced the whole uh, for the whole Hopper Nats. And that happened from uh, 1979, the first annual Nats, all the way till 84 which after that they adopted uh, the multiple class format, which is what we have today. It kind of laid the bricks for what we have today. But uh, what was it like, uh, Herb, to uh, compete in the one-class year of Hopra? As far as I'm concerned, it's the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. Even back then, I I believe it ought to be the only way you do it today. If you're going to run, you know, nationwide, if you're going to have a situation where everybody in the country runs the same thing, and that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you're going to have prove anything as far as competitive, who's what and when and where. Uh, mm-hmm. If everybody's pretty well on the same page. Uh, the fray stuff right now is probably the closest thing to that. Yeah. And uh, th- that is a nice car. The fray cars are nice cars. And yeah. If you're smart enough to build one or can buy one, if you can drive, you're, you're going to be competitive to a point. But, uh, you know, I, I've met a lot of these fray racers. I know the boys from St. Louis. They come yep. to my house. I've raced them here in Florida. And mm-hmm. they no are joke. tough. They are no joke. Oh, yeah. They've been winning team trophies, individual. They won the individual this year. Yeah. And team two, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, then you got Travis Jupe and. You you got every there's a lot of big names out there. That's tough. And Very tough. Frey is the only really main constant that I can see anywhere. And as I I got back in this here about ten or twelve years ago, I had mm-hmm. got out of racing for a long time. And when I got back in, I started with the T Jets again and started messing. And I got into a couple groups in Central Illinois here and around. And the biggest problem I could see was the different classes they wanted to run here and run there and argue and fight about, you know, if you had one constant, everything worked a lot better, but Mm -hmm. you know, that's my take on it. Yeah. It's there's positives and negatives to the situation. Um, I know you hosted, you actually had the opportunity to host a hopper nationals in 1977 and uh, you had 35 people show up 
uh, to your uh, place down in Florida, Illinois. Uh, what was the process like uh, to host it, and what was it? How 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 was it like to host it? Well, when you get a call from a guy that's pretty persuasive, uh, you take it for uh, <laughs> you go you go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, what what we did, we had a club here. We had a club here in Florida for 15 years. We raced every Wednesday night, never missed a time unless we had tornado warnings. Mm-hmm. And uh, our group, I told them what we had been offered and that we was going to try to do this. We had to tear our track completely down, mm-hmm. load it on trucks and take it uptown. There was an empty building and a savings and loan. Mm-hmm. And I went and talked to the, the boss who had moved into a new building. Mm-hmm. And he said, sure, you can use it. Throwed me the keys. And I said, I'll check with you when I'm done. I said, we'll clean it up before we start. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we get, we got in there and got it cleaned up and moved the track in and work, 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 work. And we got that track to where it was up to snuff for the 77 Nationals. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was quite an undertaking for a, for a small group. Mm-hmm. But we got it done. And it just could not have worked any better really and truly mm. you know we had some guys like brown that came in here a week ahead of time mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah he he hung out here and raced and in fact if his car hadn't quit him there'd probably been a little bit different finish mm-hmm. in that in the finals but uh it, it was quite an undertaking and, and we were very very lucky and successful when it was over with we had a lot of people in town come into the race and sit in lawn chairs and watch the race. Wow. You know, people that you would never dream would be interested in slot racing. Mm -hmm. You know, they were there for every heat of the main and semi and, Mm -hmm. and the time trials, you know, people that I would never dream it had came Mm -hmm. here. And of course the news media went out of their way for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it was all done and said, and, the trophies were passed out, and I went back to see the man about the building. He said, you don't owe me nothing. Mm, he wow. said, as far as, as far as I can tell, he said, there's never been a national event held in Florida, Illinois. Yep. And I said, well, I didn't know that. And he said, well, I think you're the first. Wow. Since since then, we've had some. And in, mm. in, in the uh, coon dogs, uh, you know, the hunting dogs and the coon dog meets and stuff like that but it worked out really really well and we had a good group of people Uh, Mm -hmm. in fact there were some from your part of the country there was four or five here from ohio uh they decided not to race but they stayed Mm -hmm. but anyway uh i think it just worked out real well i was a police officer at that time yep and and uh I had my hands full because I had to take care of all the paperwork. Mm. But one guy can do it, but he's got he's got to be have some free time and know what it, know what racing's about. Mm-hmm. I'm looking over the stats of it uh, right now. You had 35 racers show up, which at the time that was the largest attendance for Nats at that point. Uh, Joel Pennington uh, was the top qualifier in time trials that day. Uh, Norm Gardner came home with the win. Uh, and Joel finished second. Uh, you finished third on the podium. And then Bruce Schmidt followed in fourth. Uh, 
and Mark Rosenwinkel on here. Actually, that was his first of his two concourse winners, which is just the best appearance, uh, best appearing car, which was really cool. And I uh, think he bought those cars. <laughs> I, I want in the minutes. That was the first of three, not two. <laughs> Excuse me, first of three. <laughs> Well, we were talking about Randy Kemp a minute ago. I think this was the only time Randy cracked the top ten at the Nationals because he was ninth that day. And you go through that list of the top ten. Yeah, those Nationals, 35 people, I will tell you, they were were, uh, maybe 35 of the best 40 racers in the country. So just just to be in 35th place, uh, Mm -hmm. you you probably could have won a race in other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it looks like uh, y'all raced the Magna Traction chassis, but with ceramic magnets, which I assume is the factory magnets uh, that Aurora made. So it was basically pretty much all stock uh, Magna Tractions, if I'm don't get me wrong. Yeah, the rules were for Magna Tractions, and uh, by that time it had evolved. Uh, the 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 real a couple of the key features were it had to have the stock electrical system. So I've worked with. Uh, the Hopper National Director, uh, Sean Moulter. And if you go on the Hopper website under the history section, uh, it it has year-by-year pictorials uh, from my archives, and there's a robust uh, set of slides from 77, including close-ups of the cars. But two motor magnets only. Uh, They had to be stocked from the manufacturer, stock electrical system. But also uh, an innovation that was around in that time was shims. So if you look at the car, they have uh, shims coming down on the inside and outside of the magnets. Uh, but, of course, they conduct electricity. You had pickup shoes running over them, so you, you had to do something to address that. So you can see in the visuals they're split. But you're exactly right, uh Chase, and then her t- speaking of the media, a lot of the newspaper articles I have posted on the Hopper website, courtesy of uh, 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 Sean also, but yep. including one of Herb on the track in his prime. So go to that Hopper website and look at the history section too. But uh, Herb, what about the legacy of that race? Do people in Flores still talk about it 40 years later? Sure. Some of the older folks I'll run into them here, there, or we'll be talking. And and uh, when I got back into racing this time, one of the local guys that that started back racing with me was Galen Bowen. And mm-hmm. uh, Galen's a uh, he's trying to do the best he very well can in this, and he's made a lot of headway. But uh, he he really wanted to know about that. And there was guys still. Mike Cottle was mm-hmm. still around. And uh, at that time, Fritz Zimmerman was still going strong. Uh, but we tried to get some of the older boys to come back and race, like Tony Doty. And uh, Randy Ferguson did come back. Mm-hmm. And these were guys that were pretty good racers and prominent people in the club as well as Hopra. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just uh, not forgotten yet, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and I don't know if it would be possible now, but uh, that was the only uh, – I know Illinois has been kind of a hotbed for some of the Hopper Nationals, mostly in Juliet, but or Juliet, excuse me. But uh, I don't know if it would be too late if you if we could host another one there. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch. 
<laughs> if you're hearing people that are optimistic about it, man, it wouldn't be too bad if we hosted it again. Just I mean, I know a lot of stuff has changed us uh, in the sport now uh, since then, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> we, we've still got a uh, competitive track here. One mm-hmm. of the, looks like one of the old club club band tracks, and it's mm-hmm. commercial. Yep. Uh, no, hardly any joints and this and that, and and it's yep. really a good racetrack. Uh, it's mm-hmm. in a smaller smaller facility, but it could handle a dozen or fifteen racers. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've still got that, and when the virus isn't beating on us, we we'd go out there and practice and mm-hmm. and run a race occasionally. Yeah. Uh, I haven't run competitive for three years now. Mm-hmm. My my reflexes are really showing signs like the rest of me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It must. I know uh, some of the older guys in the hobby uh, look at. I mean, just the hop for nest now. It's just it's it's crazy how fast the car goes and how yeah. jump work has really become a factor uh, in uh, the nationals. But um, I was going to move on. And speaking of that track, uh, it's basically it's true that it's 24/7 opened up for anyone to come in in Florida, Illinois, and just race or practice. And uh, how long have you? Uh, how long has it been continuously open? You said the club was open 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had it. Uh, all the guys could come and go, and if we did have to lock it for any reason, uh, if we were going to be gone for a certain amount of time or, or a lengthy amount of time or something like on vacation, the boys would go around and pry up the back window mm. and they'd crawl in that back window. Yeah. I knew they were doing it, but I never said nothing. Mm-hmm. But all, all the years I was here and I was 15 and maybe a little longer, we never had anything that we could report stolen. Yep. I'm talking guys, cars, throttles, equipment yep. i don't remember ever having anything brought to me and saying hey i've lost my somebody's took it or whatever uh, i thought we were fortunate there and yeah. but the club was we were always busy we we mm-hmm. built a drag strip on the north wall and a lot of the guys came just to run drag cars yep. they would build they would build the drag frames and and then we had had our diehard racers and and everybody was competitive, and everybody wanted to race. We mm-hmm. had A, B, and C class. Our the guys who walked in the door knew was in class C, and they had to race through two two complete six month segments to have enough. And if they accumulated enough points, we'd move them up to B. Mm-hmm. And the same thing would work to move up to A. And of course, they all had something to look forward to. You know, they always had something to try to do. You didn't just say, here, race to your car. You know, yeah. we always made, like we held an Indy 500 race every year. Mm-hmm. You had to build your Indy 500 car. It was individuals. We'd run time trials, and then we'd run the race. And uh, they loved that change to the Indy cars. And then, of course, we held we held other type races, too. But... Uh, that, that's kind of the way we'd, we we like to make everybody happy, say. We wanted everybody busy. We wanted everybody looking forward to doing something to where they weren't bored. Yeah. And you got young men at that time who are looking at a lot of different things as they grow up. For driving, 
and uh, girls, of course, the young ladies. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, it did have some effect on some of them, but we had others stay with us. And uh, yep. it worked out well. The club really was a success. Mm-hmm. You did a great job promoting it, and especially the 77 Nats. Great job of promoting it. Uh, I also, you told us a story a little while ago about this uh, all-magnet pan uh, car. You won a very uh, huge race with it, actually. Uh, tell, man, we're going to go in a little bit technical direction, but uh, tell us a little bit about that car. Well, at the time, I was the manager of the Ace Hardware Store here in Flora, and uh, we were inventorying. I had several ladies working for me at the time. And they brought out this little box, and one of them brought it over to me, and she said, Miss Tenson, said, what, what are we going to do with this? And I said, what is it? And she said, well, it's the, it's the magnets that you replace the, the cabinet latches with. It's a cabinet magnet. What it actually yeah. is, you just screw it to the door, and it locks against a plate, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked at them, and I, I well, set them over on my desk. I'll see if they're in the book and if we need to stock them and blah, blah, blah. Well, time went by then, and I got back over there and was peeling around, and I took some of them out of the box, and they were flexible. Mm. They were about, oh, half as long as a piece of chewing gum and yep. about the same width. And they were about, oh, I don't know, an eighth of an inch thick or maybe a little more. Yeah. And I could take them and bend them around in my hands. I thought, gee. At that time, you know, we had unlimited everything. And magnet cars were coming in, and people wasn't liking them, and people were liking them. But yeah. I thought, well, I'm going to take some of these home. So I, I brought them home with me, and as time went by, I got to piddling with the chassis. And I got a had a Unimat here. Yeah. And I mounted that chassis in that Unimat, took the electrics all off of it, and I planed that dude down. Mm-hmm. And I built it back with epoxy and the stock electric pickups and with a with a brass bearing for the for the motor. And I made the whole bottom of that car out of those magnets. Jeez. You had to t- turn them so and so to where they'd attract each other. Yep. And I kept sanding them down and sanding them down to get them right where I wanted them. I cut my little opening in the back for the for the for the gears and blah, blah, blah. And uh, then I thought, well, I want them to be as big as I can get them. So I put the car, I I put the car on the body mounts or the body on the, on the mounts. And I filled all the way out to the edge of that Lexan body. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, anything under that body was legal as far as I was concerned. (laughs) And right. But anyway, I put them front to back like that. And, uh, then my problem was to mount the wheels and, and get it to everything, which was a problem because I had such magnet pull that the sponge tires wouldn't work at all. And uh, I had to make some front tires on my Unimat, cut them out of some silicone. But my back tires still, I couldn't, even with the silicone that I had, I couldn't get the exact size I wanted for the pull. And I was having trouble anyway with the motors in my test my test runs. My motors were overheating bad because of the pull. But mm-hmm. uh, you were talking about the company that went out of business out there that held the big race. 
Twin K. Twin K had a set of silicone tires. Mm-hmm. I called and talked to them and told them what I wanted, told them approximately about what the height would be. I, I didn't know the diameter. At those, in those days, we didn't run nothing that big. Yeah. And uh, but I had to get that dude off the floor. But anyway, I, he sent me three or four sets, and one of them was just right. Mm. And I, I I sent back and ordered a couple more pair just to have. But anyway, I put that car together, and the height was where I wanted it. Everything was right. And uh, yep. I took off practicing, but I still couldn't whip the heat. She <laughs> would, it would not come out of the slot. <laughs> I mean, it absolutely no way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, but she run hot. So mm. I thought, well, I, this ain't going to work. There was a big race coming up, and, I, and to this day, we can't remember which one that one was. But mm-hmm. uh, I called Randy Kemp, and I told yep. him my situation. I said, what can we do for a motor? And he said, tell me what you got. And I told him, and I told him, and I told him over and over about what I'd tried, what engines I'd tried, blah, 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 blah. And he said, uh, build me one of them cars, would you? <laughs> he said, he said, I, I can, he said, I believe we can do the motors. I said, you do? He said, yeah, I do. I said, I'll make you a car. You make the motors. Mm-hmm. And we'll take it to the race. I said, if Big Z, if Zimmerman wants one, we'll build him one. Well, anyway, I went ahead and started building. Next thing I know, here comes some motors through the mail. Two of them were fairly good. One of them wasn't worth a darn. And I called him back and told him. He said, good, I'll try something else. After about mm-hmm. three different tries, he came up with a motor that that, that thing just absolutely took off. And mm-hmm. uh, to this day, I don't know what it was. I don't remember. But he, uh, I sent him his car through the mail. And when we went to the race, uh, it was in a big place. I'm thinking a car dealership. Mm. It's been a while back, and there was a monster crowd. Monster <laughs> crowd. But uh, I think I made it to the track first to, mm. to drive the car out. Yep. And, I mean, it just <laughs> – it was unbelievable. <laughs> we, yeah. just, we just mopped them. I mean, it – I had to just I had to just back off. It was that bad. Oh my God. I told I told Randy, I went over there and I said, Hey, get in the worst lane they got and and just turn it loose. Yeah. Oh, he said, Really? I said, Really? So Fritz reeled him over there and I was watching. Randy hooked up on that red lane and I he took off and I mean <laughs> he was smoking and uh oh. it wasn't but two or three minutes he'd come back over and said, I've I've seen enough. He said, he said, we're, we got everybody beat. And I said, well, looks like it to me. <laughs> so we held off. We didn't run no more. We didn't show them nothing after that. No. Race started and Randy was in one bracket. I was in the other. And of course, there was a lot of guys. It was a double bracket move ups. And yep. we both made the main, of course. And uh, ran the whole race, finished five feet apart. Wow. He beat me by five feet. Jeez. And we just mopped everybody. Wow. The, the car was unreal. He didn't de-slot. I didn't de-slot. Mm-hmm. The problem was me midway through the race, there was a bunch of talk going on. I could hear it on the sidelines and here and there. They called uh, kind of a timeout like and called a meeting up, up front. Yep. So we all rolled up there. 
And Randy, of course, was behind everybody else. He couldn't get around. But they made a point that these two cars that they had teched uh, from now on would not be legal running in, in, in that area. Yeah. And, I mean, Kemp couldn't get through the crowd quick enough. Oh. And he throwed a fit. Oh, man. I, 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 we can't. I tried to run down everybody that was there. Zimmerman, Caller wasn't there, and a couple mm-hmm. of the other local guys to see if I could get some more information yep. about about what their reasoning was. But at that time, there was a lot of confliction on the magnet and the non-magnet setups. I yep. do know that. There was a lot of, yeah, a lot of real bickering. Mm-hmm. Well, they evidently thought we had outdid everything, and they wasn't going to put up with it. Uh-huh. But anyway, they, they barred our car, but they let us go ahead and win, you know, and everything. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we built a car that, as far as I'm concerned, was the supercar. Yeah, it was the, I mean, I don't know if you know, uh, which I know NASCAR is not that popular anymore, but uh, you remember the T-Rex car that Jeff Gordon had for the one race that was, it's like, oh, he won one race with it, and the NASCAR's like, no, don't ever bring it back to a racetrack. It's kind of like situation i related to <laughs> your cards like don't ever bring, well in a certain class but uh, don't ever bring it back to this class again but it that's kind of like the uh shot for uh, when a uh, magnetic downforce really started to be discovered and the right. hop, it's kind of it's kind of a 50 50 deal uh right now uh, i understand why people don't like it i can understand why people like it um but it was like it was there and there was no going back pretty much yeah, it, it really set the world on its head, and uh, this was a couple of years before I got into it. I've heard t- her relate this event many times. wouldn't surprise me if that was, in fact, one of the Indiana versus uh, Michigan races. Regardless, I think uh, if you could think of one of the biggest races of the year and to call a timeout in the middle of the main and have that unfold the way it did, and the wow. result of that timeout was... The race continues. They dominated the field, but don't ever show up with a car like that again. It's just one of the great uh, journeys of Hopper and HO as they went down this path of trying to figure out how to regulate magnets. And it evolved into uh, commercially available magnets, production magnets, two only. But it's a great innovation of Herb from the story, from the hardware store to the box on his desk yeah. to being there with Randy to not showing what they had. It's just a yeah. a wonderful event, and it's just part of the history of Hopper, and it's great to hear it from the guy who uh, did it all. Yeah. And, Herb, do you still have that car? No, now? I don't. No, I sure no. don't. I don't. No. We, let, we let the uh, new members, as they come into the club, some new guy off the street was just wanting to learn and wanting to start. I'd let him run that car. Yep. Well, give it, give him a lot of confidence, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and really and truly, and you'd coach him along, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, it, it was still running when I got out of the hobby. Mm-hmm. In fact, camp was both come over several times after that. And he and I would run them on this track and it'd be side by side. all night. <laughs> and we'd just holler and laugh and go on. And, and, uh, but it was a super car. Now, I mean, it, it was just put together with the right stuff. And, uh, we were all fortunate to have thought of it and, and to put it all together. And 
you know, those magnets could be sanded down. Yep. And we sanded them to the thickness that we wanted. And yep. that made a, you could just build anything out of them. Well, you can imagine. And, and, uh, <laughs> nah. well, I, I've got a theory. I, I, I don't think Herb's being totally upfront with us. I still, I still think he's got those two cars. <laughs> and Florida hosts the Nationals again for the 50th anniversary. He's going to pull those babies out. We're going to see about them. We're going to expedition race. He's going to blow everyone out of the water. I just wish, guys, really, really and truly, I just wish now, looking back on it, that I could remember more about it. I, uh, I, I just don't have any help anymore. Fritz, Fritz passed away. Zimmerman, who was the the other guy that went with us. And uh, I, I can't. I went to two or three of the other fellows here, and they said, "Oh, Herb, I can remember the car well, mm-hmm. running it on the track and here and this and that." But I don't remember where you were at or when it was. Or so here I am. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a pretty interesting scavenger hunt, maybe for me in the future, is to find out where that what car went. And I don't I know. Go around. Well, yeah, yeah. It had to. It had to come out of this area here. Yep. Uh, and some of the guys continued to race here, even after I got out. They yep. took my old track and they piddled around with it for a few years. Uh, Tony Doty has mm-hmm. still got his original box wow. with everything in it. Wow. The throttle even that yep. he raised. Yeah. He was a he was a Joel Pennington mentor. Mm-hmm. Joel took him under his wing. And within a very short time, Tony turned into a super driver. Yep. And Mark can attest to that. And he attended the reunion that Mark hosted as well. Right. Tony is, Tony is here. You know, we yep. tried to get Tony to come back out here to our little group that we've tried to restart without much success. And uh, he came a while. He came some, but he's got four children now. Yeah. And, uh, He's pretty well tied down with a lot of that, and mm-hmm. two two sets of twins. So. Man, <laughs> that's <laughs> and, li- and they're little. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But uh, we just haven't been able to come up with anything else like that. But yeah. Yeah, but that'd be a really interesting article actually for me to uh, write or make in the future about that race and about that car. And just how it kind of it kind of was the the uh, the shot that started the uh, downforce era pretty much in Hopper and well, how it down, downforce was long before that. Yeah, there was magnets. Yeah, well, he's running front magnets, rear magnets, side magnets, mm-hmm. magnets everywhere. Yeah, that didn't start anything. Uh, it just car- it just carried it along, mm-hmm. didn't it, Mark? Yeah, and I was gonna ask. Uh, your opinion on uh, uh, just how racing is today. I know me and you were talking a while ago about the P-Jet hobby. There's now these uh, polymer magnets that are coming into play, just some new aftermarket magnets. Uh, what What's your opinion on them? Uh, I know we had a pretty interesting conversation about them last time that we talked. Yeah, well, you know, it's like the guys running Frey now. Mm-hmm. They were running basically the, uh, the stock dash magnets and this and that and whatever. Uh, which was fine, but now that they've come up with another two or three different types of magnets, which they didn't need that many, I don't think, but they got one dang near in the stock range and they got one in the black and yellow, which I think is a step up. 
Yeah, it's killer bees. Yeah, yeah killer bees, and that's what Frey has okayed already. Well, yep. I, I think that's all right. I, yeah. You know, you're out here to to make these cars better. You're mm-hmm. not out here to go backwards. Yeah. Uh, if you stop and go backwards, the hobby's going backwards. Mm-hmm. It just ain't, you know, you, you've, you've got to give everybody an opportunity. Yes. You know, and these clubs become, you know, with one small group trying to do it all and win it all. And that just don't pay off. Yeah. There was a lot of times now, guys, I'm telling you the truth, even when Randy was over here and, and we were at some races, we actually backed off. Yeah. Now, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. And Randy come up to me and say, hey, you know, let, let's let's knock her down. And I'd yep. say, okay, okay. We didn't really go to beat up on people. You know, oh, we, no. And, and in the club, to make everything fly, you had to think, these kids had to think they were competitive. Yeah. And then, then they eventually would be. Yeah. If, you, if you run them out the door the first week, you didn't accomplish nothing. No. You know, you had to give them an opportunity. Well, to give them an opportunity, you let them use some of the better equipment. Yep. And uh, you know, I, I can't believe that they bar all this stuff. You know, I, uh, of course, I've been an unlimited guy too long, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, the unlimited class is actually pretty huge in Hopper nowadays. Like you see all sorts of stuff come through the unlimited class and the and the gravity class. Uh, they're both uh, they're still I think that's if I believe if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but they're the only two classes currently in Hopper where scratch built cars are allowed. So it's pretty much anything goes pretty much in those classes, and uh, it's just. It's crazy how the sports evolved into multiple classes, and I'm going to reiterate that earlier. Uh, I know the one class Europe, it was awesome for its time. I mean, only one car you needed to worry about. Um, it's like that was the race. But I understand now that Hopper has opened it up for certain racers. Like there's a T-Jet class, like all the best T-Jet guys racing that class. Um, multiple different variations of the uh, downforce cars, like uh, 12 volts. And uh, just uh, spec racers and all that, uh, just different variations of it. But uh, it's come a long way, and uh, and you've done a lot. You and your crowd have done a lot for this hobby to advance Hopper to where it is today. And especially uh, how great of a promoter you were, because they needed that back in the day. Because there was no social media, there was no phones, there was no computers. Uh, you had to do like it was it was extra hard. You had to work extra hard as a promoter, and I really appreciate that. What you did. And, um, well, that's pretty much all I have to say. I have no other questions. Uh, Mark, do you have anything other thing other things to say? Well, I just want to say uh, to you, Herb, how much I appreciate you, and that goes back many, many decades now, back to the 70s. Uh, I will tell you on a very public forum here, I I think not only are you a class act, uh, you're a pioneer in all aspects of what a pro racer does and how he acts. Uh, When I knew you first, uh, I was a very young man. And I will tell you, you were a mentor to me uh, as that young man. And I saw you and your family, and certainly Becky was part of that. And to be here in 2020, uh, to be on together on your 57th wedding anniversary, wonderful thing, warms my heart. Uh, Herb mentioned hosting the 77 Nationals. 
that was a hopper nationals for the ages and it was because of herb and i can tell you as the national director whatever i was at the time calling herb and asking him to host it it took nothing he was all over it and he did a just an amazing amazing job uh so herb thank you for participating thank you for everything you've ever done for the hobby and uh, just my very public words of appreciation to you, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Very welcome. Same thing I've, for me. I've, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed all of it, even though I don't can't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is all right. It, it's very all right. And uh, you, I mean, your insight is amazing, especially on that uh, the Magna Car story. I really enjoyed that one. And uh, Although we didn't really talk much about the Twin K Nats, it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate because a lot of the guys that were pioneers then are not with us anymore. I mean, Norm Gardner passed away a few uh, years ago. Um, Randy Kemp not here anymore. Uh, just there's a lot of guys that we need to appreciate that uh, they're not with us anymore, and it sucks because they seemed like awesome guys. What I've heard around the hobby, and I wish I could have got the opportunity to uh, uh, document their stories on here, but. Uh, unfortunately, that it's not going to happen. Did so, Mark, do you remember who the, the the main was at the Twin K? Uh, I have the top three uh, handy. So Randy oh, Kelly three. won three. it. Top three is all I have. Okay. Uh, if you give okay. me a second here, uh, why don't uh, I'll come back to it? Let me just see if I can pull it up. Uh, the name, uh, the only other one I'm going to have is the TQ, uh, and then who finished second. So give me a second. I'll let you guys yeah. carry that's on. All, that's yeah. all right. I thought you might have it there. <laughs> I, I do. Just give me a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some documentation out there, like the Parmanats. I actually found it uh, on the Reagan HO website. Uh, he's done a really great job. I'm not sure. I can't remember his name at the moment, but he he did an amazing job. There was an article written about it that was in a magazine, and it, so many pictures of that track. And it's interesting because I didn't mention it too much last time, but they restored that track, uh, the Parma Nats, the 1972 Parma Nats track that they raced on. It, it was sitting around for so long, and just it was becoming horrible condition. It was dust covering it. But um, they restored it not too long ago in 2014, back to its glory, and we're racing uh, gravity cards on it. And that track, I love the look of that track. The, the Parma Nats is, is, is uh, there's a much better history of the documentation of that race. Uh, I mentioned Carl Dreyer earlier. He wrote an article that appeared in uh, the magazines. That's out there on the Riggins site. Uh, I have it, the magazines. But here's the... Here's what I do have. It's just a very, very quick uh, recap of the Twin K Nationals that was in Car Model Magazine. So it was held July 22nd and 23rd, 1972. Yep. Top three, Randy Kemp, Tom Lindstedt, and Herb Henson. Fast qualifier, Randy Kemp. Concours was Ron Line. He was an Indiana State champion. And yep. uh, there's a little description of Randy's car. I won't read it. And then uh, just a note about the uh, contributors. And, of course, you know, the, they supported each other. It says here that Parma donated the Twin K's Nationals. I'm sure Twin K donated material to it. But it says uh, racers attended from Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky, 
big race, big race. It really was a precursor to the Hopper Nationals, yeah. along with the Parma Nationals in the same year. Uh-huh. And building on that, uh, it doesn't give an address, no, because I'm actually, I've been kind of interested in trying to find that site of where the Twin K factory was in Indianapolis, but I don't think it gives an address, does it? I'm not in this article, Chase. No, okay. Because I, I think it would be really interesting for me in the future if I get time to go out there to Indianapolis and if I know the location that I'd go there and see what it I mean if it's even if there's anything still there which I doubt it but uh, that'd be really interesting to do uh, go to places like that and uh, just scout out locations like just to be there like right it's the location where it happens so uh, uh, yeah there's I know it sucks that there's not really much documentation in regards to Twin K Nats but it was I mean uh, get what you can get, pretty much, with it back in the day. But but I know Mark has done a really awesome job with documenting all these events, especially Hopper and that, especially with the Hopper website and co- uh, collaborating with Sean Moulter. Uh, he's done an awesome job with getting that history site back up. And I'm looking also for history and just wanting to put some uh, things up on that website soon. So uh, uh, definitely stay tuned to that website. I'll definitely link it down in the description for you all to check out. But you can also check out 77 Nats that you were talking about, photos of the car and photos of the uh, just the competitors and just uh, what it was like there pretty much. Well, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, Mark, do you have any other questions or anything? No, I just uh, really appreciate it. Enjoyed the time we had together today. Thank you, Chase, also. You're very welcome. I had fun. I had a lot of fun talking uh, so you guys are free to go. Um, thank you again so much for dedicating your time today, especially Herb for telling your stories and your uh, uh, insights into what the hobby was back in the day. That for some of us that weren't there, weren't even born yet, for matters, and uh, just very interesting. And I'd like to thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Very welcome. All right. Well, you two have a very nice Sunday evening. See you guys. Thank you. Happy anniversary, Herb. Happy anniversary, Herb. Thank you. I'll talk to you sometime later. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed uh, that interview with Herb Herb Henson Sr., my apologies, and Mark Rosenwinkel. It was awesome uh, talking about Hopper history and the uh, 1972 Twin K Nats. Uh, Although Herb couldn't really remember much, it was really good to bring it up and just uh, just talk about it, and especially uh, his magnet car was a really fun story as well. But uh, right now, I would go into our Cahora recap of the week, but this week, uh, this week's race, we were supposed to go to Howard's Hockey Highway in Columbus and race our mod T-Jet class with but with stock T-Jet bodies. But unfortunately, that early that Saturday morning, Howard's wife Holly had to go to the emergency room, and the race was canceled that night. So we want to wish Holly Rosensig the best of health. But uh, we're going to recap last week's race that we didn't get to do since uh, we were taking a week off for both me and Adam for Father's Day. We'd like to wish all the fathers out there late, extreme, sorry about that, extremely late Father's Day. But um, a class that we raced on, well, they raced on Eddie's Full Bunny Raceway. I wasn't able to attend due to me not having a chassis built yet, sportsman chassis built. So I'm going to try to get that built soon. But uh, Eddie Ball, the host, came home first with 133 laps in 32 sections. Nathan Atwood finished second with 131 laps in five sections. 
Rex Ball came in third with 124 laps and 16 sections. Charlie Benson came on fourth with 112 laps and 45 sections. Uh, Tony Worrell came in fifth with 109 laps and 22 sections. And Ron Lewis rounded out the field in sixth with 101 laps and 29 sections. Sounded like they had a fun night uh, that night. And we're hoping next week we go to Charlie Benson's HOSlotCarRacer.com Speedway. We'll be racing either. It'll be a choice between a skinny jet or a stock T-jet, which I most likely I'll be borrowing a skinny jet uh, off of someone. But uh, we're going to have the option to use one or each, but I think the skinny jets might be a little bit faster. But um, I'd also like to bring up another note that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Again, I want to uh, send sympathies out to Tom Shepard's family. And uh, once again, uh, guys, if you want to donate to the family, I'm putting the uh, Facebook post down in the, the subscription in the description. And so you can donate uh, to her, Melissa, and his son, Jordan. Uh, they need as much support as they're going to get as this has been a very uh, tragic uh, situation in their household. But uh, thank you all for listening this week. Uh, hope you all have a nice work week and we will see you next week. See you all and happy racing.